Oh, podcast time. Hello. Uh, hello, world. Internet. It's us. Hello forever, because the internet's written in ink, and it'll be there forever. What do you mean? I mean, like, once you put something on the internet, it exists for eternity, right? Oh, I thought you were saying, like, a law just passed, and, like, <laughs> it's definitely not going anywhere. You're right. I kind of said it with a little bit of contempt. Like, yeah. like I was mad I was about like, this thing. like, wait a second. Yeah. Is this a new developing story? No, no, no. Okay. No, the internet. You should learn this now if you don't know already. Okay. The internet has a permanence to it. Hmm. A certain... So are you telling me you could find something bad about just about anyone in the world? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm telling you. Okay. That's where we are. Good to know. Uh, how's your week going? Uh, it's Okay. It's kind of ticking by. I wouldn't say it's one of the best weeks. Right. We're dog-sitting these two dogs for our landlord. I think I heard you talking about dogs, and Ugh. I wondered about that. I mean, they're okay. They, they're they okay in spurts, but they're also, like, very poorly trained, and they just climb on everything, which Ugh. isn't, you know. Are they paying you to dog-sit? Yeah, he's taking money off our rent. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. I was going to say, because that's more than a favor, because you're like, not buddies. You're yeah, just... yeah, exactly. And you like let these dogs out, and they'll still like poop on the floor. Ugh. And you're... I I don't know. I'm, I'm confounded by why... I'm letting you out in the morning. I'm letting you out at lunch. Why are you not getting that during that time? You're supposed to like do your thing. Yeah. Yeah, because they weren't trained properly when they were younger, yeah, probably. I think that's it. I'll never have a dog... I mean, I never want to have a dog, not because I don't like dogs, but mm -hmm. because I really don't like poorly trained dogs. Sure. Like, I, I understand that even the least dog people in the world, had mm -hmm. they a dog, would grow right. to love that dog because that's yeah. what it is about a dog. How do you feel about, like, Mason, our office dog? Well, I, I love find, Mason. I find he's, like, the, the best kind of dog. Yeah, me too. He's because just so, he just kind of embodies joy and sweetness. Yeah, and he'll, he won't bug you. Like, right. he's not all over you. If he, he like brushes by to say hello and then he kind of goes on with his life. Yeah, he gets yeah. like, you, you you could pet him for 10 seconds and then just raise your hand and he's like, okay, I'm gonna Actually, go to the next I don't one. have a problem with any of our office dogs which is good. No, they're because, all really good. Because if there was any dog in our office, and there are about six dogs in our office, <laughs> yeah. uh, if there was any dog that I didn't care for, you'd hear about it. Yeah, because oh, for sure. Anyway, uh, I'm like, I'm not really a dog person, but I like dogs as long as they're well-trained and well-behaved. Cool. I'm never going to have a dog, though, because I'm never going to love the dog until it's well-trained. Mm -hmm. And I won't love it enough to train it. So what if you have Until it's kids. already trained. What if you have kids and they want a dog? They're, you, sorry, kids. No, it's not happening. Really? Yeah, no, I, mean, I wouldn't be the first father to, to, not say, to say, no, sure. we're not getting a dog because the responsibility is going to fall on me. Right. <laughs> you've already got it planned out yeah i've thought it through <laughs> you've thought it through in multiple scenarios yeah no i've already i've already made like a chart right of, of sure. all possible responses to my fictional children okay girlfriend <laughs> wants a dog uh if if my girlfriend wants a dog and she's see, like colin like we need a dog we need a dog yeah. I'll, I'll point to that pillow that has a wolf on it and i'll say talk to that <laughs> that's her dog Besides, His like, name is Mikael. If I'm with Becky forever, she is also pro cat over dog. Well, I'm just saying, what if for some reason Becky? Okay, let's just say dies. I'm trying to uh, no, not <laughs> dies, but goes blind, and <laughs> she needs a service dog. Oh, she needs a service dog. Yeah, that's different. That's cool. Oh, it's cool. Okay, just well, because the dog's doing something. You know how when you see, I want a diabetes dog. 
Is that a thing? Does yeah. that exist? They actually like can smell when your blood sugar is too low. That's fascinating. Isn't that amazing? Like, how much of a friend would that little dog be to me? Well, like, and I oh, I believe you, any well trained dog. dog is is the best friend in the world. I mm-hmm. and even as a cat person, I believe that's probably true. The problem is, I'm not going to love it enough to be its friend until it gets to that point. Sure. Um, you know how when you're like walking in public and you see a service dog and sometimes they're wearing a sign that says like, please don't pat me. I'm working. Yeah. Have you ever seen those sign- mm-hmm. those signs? What does that refer to? Like, is that dog never allowed to let loose and be buddies with people? That's a good question. I I think he has to have some like vacation time. <laughs> yeah. He's got to be like, everybody's got to bro down once in a while. Yeah, exactly. The person has to throw a ball for that dog eventually. Well, or and just maybe, take the sign off and say, okay. And can, maybe like in certain mingle. rooms of the house or whatever, the dog is allowed to, to be chill and with his owner. Right. But it's pretty understandable that, that a person who's visually impaired wouldn't want their dog to be distracted when they need him. Yeah. It's also, but I think they they also understand a little bit when people want to reach out to a dog. Yes. You know, I think they're, I've, I've encountered cases where little kids are like, Oh, dog because there's a dog inside and right and the person's like kind of explaining like yeah that's my therapy dog well, his name is michael maybe it's not maybe it's not so much a uh a tool to teach the dog discipline as it is a tool to help that visually impaired person not get confused about what's happening <laughs> right why do i keep ending up in the toy section at stores well yeah like i don't want to sound insensitive but like there. Some, there are lots of people who just like see a dog and they have to touch it um yeah no i understand if that. i can't see i might be kind of confused if i hear these voices right. and they're like talking to my dog and it's like don't be selfish this is my life helper also basically. like you know people steal dogs it's it's heinous but people steal dogs so like it's better if we just say no this can't happen so you're trying to institute a no touching dogs at all in public rule no but if i can't see you stealing my dog like if if i come up and you're say you can't see and i come up to you and i'm patting your dog and i'm like oh my god your dog's so beautiful meanwhile i'm detaching the collar and walking away with your dog and you You don't know you think that there's a possibility that people are stealing service dogs from blind people regularly (laughs) i think that is the most like that's the Quickest go straight to hell <laughs> pass. It is. That is get. the most evil thing you can do. It really is. Like, it's also the most cynical thing I've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, but I think it's the fun. reason that that shouldn't happen is because people steal dogs and people will try to steal your service. Well, dogs. people definitely steal dogs. That happens all the time. You get some yeah. like wacky person from PETA has decided this dog is malnourished and they have some kind of moral clause Ooh, that says it's, o- it's okay now to steal this animal and take it to a shelter where it's going to get euthanized. Mm-hmm. Aren't I in a good place today? We're going down a different road with the PETA talk. Too. Look, I told you I explored all avenues. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it seems like, yeah, you, you continue to explore those avenues. Yes. So I'm sorry, kids. <laughs> we, we can't get a dog. Kids. If if your dad ever asks, or if you ever ask your dad for a dog, he's just going to direct you immediately to episode 42 of the show <laughs> show. Can we so like... Listen from the start. Also, like, if, if my wife ha- is visually impaired, if she's blind, and I have children, can't they be the seeing eye dog? <laughs> can't they say, mom, look out? <laughs> can't, can't your kids be the seeing eye dog? Or your wife? Yeah, I yeah. think so. 
Right. But you're very dependent on those people at that point. Well, look, I've been raised with cats and cats don't look out for you. No. And so yeah. I had to get street smart. I think on my that's own. given you a general outlook on the world. <laughs> cats it's, don't look out for me. I got to look out for myself. It's made me cold <laughs> and a little broken. <laughs> and yet you continue to buy cats. Uh, well, I don't know about buy cats. I've had like a handful of Sorry, cats. Get cats. Yeah, you you've had the same cat since I've known you. Basically. Right. She that cat's about to shack up with another cat when Becky and I move in together. It's yeah. like a hundred one Dalmatians go? when when they fell in love and moved in together, and their dogs had to then share a space. Are the dogs one dog's a cat? Well, sorry. <laughs> one cat's a girl and one cat's a boy? No, uh, the other cat is named Winston, but she is a girl. Right, okay. So they're both girl cats. So a couple of ladies. Yeah, it's just me and a bunch of gals. You're outnumbered. I know. Huh. Well, we'll see how this goes. It sounds like a sitcom to me. Well, the difference between this and 101 Dalmatians is that everybody's fixed except for the humans. Mm-hmm. And I like, theor- like theoretically or ostensibly, there's no villain no mia's the villain oh okay she is the <laughs> no let's be DeVille. clear she's definitely going to be the horace and jasper <laughs> okay. and cruella deville of the whole situation wow All right. cruella if she already got her beautiful fur coat we'll see how that, one day the other cat's just gonna be like trapped in a cupboard and you're gonna know <laughs> it was mia exactly that's how it's gonna go <laughs> hey what do you think about uh aaron hernandez I'm like really conflicted on how to feel about that. Like, mm. I, I think it's sad that anyone kills themselves. Well, I think but... I think his whole story is sad. Like the story yeah. of this guy who had everything. Yeah. Well, okay. So, Aaron Hernandez, I think, grew up amongst gangsters. Yeah. So he at some point killed someone, probably another gangster. You know, it's not like he killed like not. I don't necessarily think that all lives are equal. <laughs> You know, I don't think that okay. that you know there would be outrage if he killed a kid or a lady. That's why the OJ thing was so huge. Well, also well, because it, he was acquitted. It, that was yeah, that was okay. his ex-wife. Maybe, also because he was acquitted. Okay, was... I'm, I'm well, immediately walking on dangerous territory here. But you know, I think that he grew up around something that was more normal to him. It was like the whole Mike Vick dog thing. So did he? You're right. It was. It was culturally institutionalized culturally mike vick grew up seeing other people kill people so dogs killing dogs is not as bad okay so did the person aaron hernandez definitely killed Mm -hmm. because there's at least one i'm actually not even positive on this either so it's Uh, one of those things i'm kind of talking about well because he was he was charged with murdering three different people right in Mm. at least two separate events but he was acquitted of two of those recently just like last week or something yeah but i I, when I spoke to somebody who knows sports news better than I, and I won't say their name earlier today, that mm-hmm. person uh, is very confident that he killed all three. Oh, really? Yeah. He wow. said, he said, there's no way he didn't kill all those people. Well, they he knows sports. He doesn't know law. No, I know. I know. But like, he knows the news. He knows what happened around uh, okay. this story. Sure. And I don't. Okay. Um, but anyway, the person he, he definitely killed, was that before he was ever on the Patriots? This is what I don't know. I think it was. Okay, it was but it was like when he was a kid maybe? I don't know. Honestly, I'm not even sure. If he if he killed him when he was on the Patriots, then it's kind of like what are you even doing? You had everything. Yeah. And if if yeah. it was before, it's but kind I of think, like I think that's what it is. I think he did kill somebody after already being a star who made it. Right. Okay, so then if that's the case, then I'm back to my original feelings of like, well, 
I find it hard to feel bad mm -hmm. that he ended up in jail for life because mm -hmm. that's what should happen. Now, do I feel bad about him killing himself? Yes. Well, yeah. His, his I mean, lawyer said today that he was not suicidal. Oh, interesting. It was like, whoa. According to this guy who's a lawyer, mm -hmm. not a doctor. Yeah. According to this guy, it was, it must have happened very fast. Well, and. It must have been kind of spontaneous. And that's the other weird thing. Was there like supervision in this prison at all? Like there's obviously a lot of conspiracies out there, I think, right now about it. Well, he gets his own room because he's a celebrity probably. Maybe. But he hung yeah. himself with a bed sheet. Yeah. But like what did he hang himself on? Like why was that so easy? I don't know. You, you, I guess maybe supposed to not be easy, or something. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But. They take your freaking shoelaces. In any case, I think, you know, great tight end. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he was. I believe you. Like when it happened, I was like, "God damn it, man! What you're an idiot!" Like, well, that's what makes you were on the road to stardom. That's what makes the, the OJ Patriot. story so spectacular. Is right. that guy truly had everything, mm -hmm. and he had the world in his back pocket. He wasn't just good at life. Right. Like everybody adored him. Right. But he had this darkness inside, yeah. which perhaps is created by the same animal that made that person so powerful. Right? Yeah, I guess like so. Like, OJ, OJ is evil because the world made him uh, a god, right? Yeah, And I'm not maybe. excusing him, but you're not born you, a murderer. You think that he got away with it because he he was showered with love? And no, I think he got away with it because Mark Furman said the N-word a lot. I think, <sighs> I think he did it in the first place because the world elevated him to a sense of, I'm above everything. Right. I can do whatever I want. And now I also think that he, when he says, I'm innocent, I think he believes that. I right. think that's how delusional he is of it. Yeah. Um, so in short, Hernandez... I hope he's up there tossing that old pigskin around with his buddies. No, I'm just oh my Lord. I'm right. sorry. I don't You're just I ready really, to be irreverent tonight. I, I really I really don't know what to say about it. Like someone asked me, someone was like, Your boy Hernandez killed himself. I was Is like, it, first of all, he's not my boy. Your boy. He, but, but he was on the Patriots. He was on the Patriots, right. yeah. But he would like, you know, I it's not like I was constantly following what was happening. I was like, right. Oh, that guy's clearly a, a bad person right. he killed people and the patriots went to the white house today yes but brady didn't go no and he didn't go i guess when obama was in house too but he's buddies with trump so they say yeah i mean i i don't know how that relationship really is but. bill o'reilly got fired today yes that was huge that was a big thing very big thing they have severed with with uh fox news you know it's bad when fox news finally says <laughs> yeah that's their flagship program yeah kind of yeah I know. And I mean, for them to lose. And does, will Fox News go in a different direction now, do you think? Or do you think they'll stay in that very same direction? What do you mean? Like, new, like right wing? Basically with agenda? a new, yeah. No, because right he wasn't their only guy like that. That's their that's their whole angle. Right. Um, I don't know what they're going to put in, in place of it. I don't think anybody knows. But for them to get rid of both Bill O'Reilly and Roger Ailes in mm -hmm. six months is pretty extraordinary. A lot All can these, happen. Yeah. All these right wing stars grabbing and harassing people is becoming a serious trend and both those guys were defended by the president who also is you know been recorded boasting about such behavior that's who i meant who was the other right-wing guy that you were talking about well roger ailes oh right okay gotcha. um and, and speaking of that i think billy bush was in the news today he's trying to get a show going again yeah so he's not Bush, on man. access hollywood anymore. No, he got fired 
Yeah, he, he got was, fired before the president got elected. <laughs> he was definitely kind of wrong place, wrong time. I feel terrible for I him. I mean, you got a billionaire saying these things to you. It's hard to take a stand it's his in job private. to butter those people up. Yeah. I totally and, and like maybe he is a jerk. I I kind of heard that he wasn't. He was quite maligned at Access Hollywood anyway, and people weren't getting along with him. Maybe really? he is an asshole. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. He, his career is over because of a thing that happened eleven years ago. Right. Which he all he did was just kind of like shoulder it along. He didn't even say any of the nasty stuff. Other than when he kind of no, encouraged yeah, that girl to hug like, Trump. Ha ha. Yeah. 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 True. That was a little weird. Yeah, it was gross, but. But we we fired one guy and we made the other guy the most powerful person in history. We didn't do any so, of this. N- uh, well, <laughs> as a human race, maybe we did. Yes, as that's right. We're responsible for all decisions yeah. made within these these chromosomes and these DNA. Uh, Saturday Night Live was that going to be the next thing you were going to talk about? Yeah, I mean it's on my list. Okay, uh, what did you think of it? I thought it was pretty good. I thought the Family Feud sketch was like really good, and it, they did a good job of kind of illustrating Jimmy Fallon's talent, which mm-hmm. I've of course, has been kind of in question. They did a good job of, yeah, true. It was kind of a good return to form for him. Like here's, it was a good uh, little fragment of here's what Jimmy Fallon's good at. Well, which was singing. Best represented in the David Bowie song. What do you think of them not doing a comedy monologue, just having him do the David Bowie voice and singing Let's Dance? I kind of thought it was what should have happened in the Oscars. With, or sorry, Oscars or Emmys? Which what did he oh, host? Oh, uh, the year? Globes. Sorry, the Globes. yes, he hosted Golden the Golden Globes. Globes. Yeah, yeah. That's less of like a big production show, but I hear I know, you. but yeah. the, but still, like you know, don't give us a Chris Rock, uh, right? Impression. Give us this. Yeah. Which what was the one a few years ago? He did uh, like a Born to Run. The Emmys. The Emmys. with the Glee cast. Yeah. That was awesome. That was great. Like yeah. that's where he kind of shines. Yeah. These big theatrical. Well, he's a great hype man. You know, totally. that, there was like a hundred people in that opening number. Yeah. They had like hired dancers and everything. It was and spectacular. So, and so that aired at like nine o'clock on the West Coast or how did it? Yeah, I guess so. Right. I guess it must have. Because it was going to air live everywhere. You know, the time. Melissa McCarthy sketch wasn't in New York. Oh, they were, interesting. They were on the West Coast also. She was live to air from LA. Oh, so she was in LA. Yeah, she was on the West Coast. Oh, She weird. was live because yeah. it was on SNL. But she wow. was she was not in New York when they did that. She was not sketch. in the studio. No, that's crazy. That's why she was the only one in it. Yeah, that makes way more sense. Yeah. I didn't know if they were trying to do anything there. Yeah. Huh. Cool. So that's kind of cool. I had other thoughts. I feel well. Uh, just speaking of OJ, when Jimmy Fallon did the, and he's done like classic seventies Travolta for years, but when he did uh, People versus OJ, John Travolta. Yeah. That's the best impression I've heard Jimmy do in a while. And it he was really, that it course. was really good, and it was outside of the normal impressions that people do. Yep, you know that was one of the things where I thought, oh, that that's so interesting. Like I wouldn't have thought right to make that an impression. I really liked old New York, where they're like the soldiers singing the party at my parents' house. Yeah, <laughs> I loved that. That was really funny. I thought that was great. Um, oh, and, and Cecily Strong. Uh, and Jimmy Fallon comes over soaking wet and he's trying to win her back. Right. That was by singing. First of all, by singing Savage Garden. Right. Which is the funniest song you could choose. It is a funny song. Truly, madly, deeply. It kind of reminds me of re- like really old, old school Saturday Night Live when the whole sketch was just a lead up to one punchline. Right. And that's that not really done was. so often anymore. That was. And, and that was done well. Because, yeah, the whole joke would have been buried if she said, 
I just broke up with a guy because right. he was the one who dragged Tons of headlines. Save that for the very Tons end. of headlines on Monday on Mashable and, and HuffPo and everything. Uh, showed a picture of that sketch. Oh, yeah? A link to watch this sketch. Saturday Night Live totally skewered United this weekend. Yeah. You just ruined it. Yeah. Like, you that, completely yeah. took away the, oh, The enjoyable moment. part. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're waiting for it the whole time. You're right. That and uh, there was another skit that I found so funny besides the besides the family feud one which was early on i always have a hard totally time remembering was, everything yeah. i'd have to watch it again yeah but, but enjoyed it enjoyed harry styles oddly enough we started playing that song in the station yeah it's a good song man it is a good song yeah and it live it's even better it, well this is the thing about harry styles and people will always say the biggest act in the world especially if they're aimed at a more youthful audience yeah is untalented right it's scarcely true mm-hmm. oftentimes they're brats yeah i don't think they necessarily are in the case of the one direction guys and yes they are a manufactured piece of commerce one right. direction yeah but all five of them were contestants on the x factor or uh, Britain's Got Talent or whatever it was. Oh, really? That's how they, they became they a, band. a band. From they were, there. And, and yeah. they're all doing their own thing pretty successfully, I think, right now. Three of them have hit singles right now. Yeah. Yeah, so good for them. Yeah. And Harry Styles is arguably the most, hey, that's the one one directioner that I would be able to identify. Identify. Yeah. We're also playing This Town by Niall Horan. He's from One Direction. Right. I don't think I'd be able to name that song if I heard it. You, yeah, you'd, oh, you, really? you've heard it lots because we play it like oh, crazy. Interesting. Okay. Uh, our boss, Dan, refers to it as Niall Horan's cover of Hey There, Delilah, which is kind of true. Okay. Now, even even that hint alone kind of gives me an idea of which song it is. It, but it's not offensive. It's just not spectacular. Sure. What a lot of people were saying about, about Harry Styles was that it's like his David Bowie turn. Who's that? What's that song that Everything Comes Back to You song that we play? That's Niall Horan. That's Niall Horan. Okay, yeah. I hate that song. Yeah, that song is... Ugh, I, I hate it. Why do you hate it so much? Because, again, like I don't find it... I think a lot of the songs... At I the, find it innocuous. A lot of the songs at the station that I hear, I'm far enough away from the speaker that plays throughout uh, throughout the station mm-hmm. that I sometimes just pick up on choruses of songs. Mm-hmm. And it's not until I sit in my car and listen to it the whole way through that I get the whole song. Yep. And I don't mind the whole song as much. But when I'm sitting at my desk, I hear a, a an array of words and sounds, and then just everything comes back to you, and I'm like, oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I hear the guitar, and I hear that chorus, just that line. Yeah, I'm like, what is this song? The song on the stations that that's uh, grating to me right now is "Play That Song" by Train. Yes, which is just which like, happened as soon as it started. Playing. Very blatantly a melodic. Uh, I mean. They would call it an homage, but it's ripping off heart and soul, right? Heart and soul. And the lyrics in it, it's amazing to me. It (laughs) never fails to amaze me that the same people wrote uh, Hey Soul Sister and Drops of Jupiter. Like the lyrics are massively different in in caliber. I I really want... um, them to do like another version of Play That Song that's like... Play that song. Play that song. I'll cross buttons. Play, 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 play that, 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 that. Play that song. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, that's what they should do next. Yeah, that'll be their next. Or like, what was the like? Chopsticks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do a chopsticks cover. Absolutely. They could release a whole album. You can't fault them for making money. No, hey, 
they're doing okay. Anyway, the the Harry Styles song is pretty good. I don't know if I would say it's David Bowie good, but it does have a five years quality. It's it's not it's not so right. Good. Yeah, I I I mentioned Oasis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and kind I, of interesting. I think some some other people have mentioned that. Too. What's cool to me is that whoever is in charge of him mm-hmm. managerially and brand wise and producerially is cool with him doing a ballad as his debut song yeah as a kind of art house ballad it's mm-hmm. not like a big it's not a song they can ever put on in a club no you're right it's not yeah like party at my parents right. house, which is it's cool that they let him do that yeah yeah exactly and a total yeah a totally different direction in general like it seems like his album's gonna have more of a rocky vibe not not even like a a synthesizer to be heard on it. Yeah. Possibly. So I heard a song the other night. Uh, I think the song's called Thumbs. And it's by somebody named Sabrina Carpenter. Okay. Who you won't have ever heard of. No. She's a Disney star. She okay. was in Girl Meets World. But if oh. I didn't tell you that, she's like the, the Sean Hunter character in Girl Meets World. Oh, okay. If I didn't tell you that, you would just love the song. Really? Because it's got this sophisticated scat melody Okay. It's like cool uh, jazzy uh, verse, a lot of words. It's really lyric heavy. Wow. It's clever. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's just an excellent song uh, that comes from this like Disney star. So cool. another example that sometimes you're skewered by what the person is and yeah. not by what the song is. And that can happen to you with One Direction. Wow. That's so Raven. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> That's coming back, eh? Yeah, I, with, I think I did with see that. Her. I've never seen that show. Actually, no, I take that back. I saw like 30 seconds of it, and that was enough. It was very loud. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Our boy Michael B. Jordan. Yeah? What's he doing? Him and Michael Shannon, also an excellent actor. Wow. Are doing the Fahrenheit 451 movie. Whoa. Ray Bradbury. That's huge. It is. Is that going to be like a blockbuster? Maybe. Who's directing it? We don't know anything else. Whoa. In fact, they're co-producing it too. Like it's, oh, it's the thing that they decided together. We should do this. Crazy. Is is Michael B. Jordan doing another Creed movie? Do we know? I don't know. That would be interesting too. I, I didn't see the first one. Kind of. Oh man, you got to watch it. I know. Uh, I want to. But it kind of seemed like that was going to be a franchise. That was the idea. Yeah, it was the it was the chance to open it back up again. Yeah, everybody liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Szechuan sauce. Yep. In the news, did you hear about this? Is it back? Uh, no, it's not back, but somebody had a package from 1998. Oh, my God. And sold it on eBay for $14,000 this weekend. Man, whoever that hoarder is got so lucky because of Rick and Morty. Well, exactly. They just were holding on to that. They just waiting, had it. And waiting for the most unlikely thing to happen. Man, up until like 2007, I had a bunch of uh, full Pepsi cans from the Star Wars Episode One release. Wow! Remember with all those characters yep. on, like Darth Maul. And I can picture Yoda, him. And yeah. Yep. I had like the entire collection because I thought this is going to be worth something someday, and I bet it would have been. If I Maybe still had. Maybe if people didn't like universally <laughs> loathe those films. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, if Rick and Morty referenced it in the show, I would sell them. Well, don't give up. Yeah, it could happen anytime. But I, I think I. My mom threw them out. Today is the 30th anniversary of the first appearance of The Simpsons on the Tracy Ullman show. Oh, The very first 30 time, years. 30 years ago today. It was 1987, yeah. April 19th. And they looked wow. very different. Did they ever? The very first moment was Bart, Homer tucking Bart in, and Bart has this very existential question about the human brain. Oh, wow. <laughs> it was nothing like the characters that we know. No. It was such a weird show for the first 
two years anyway. It wasn't yeah. until about like 1991 or 92 that it got really hilarious. I've never gone back. And I found. So it like rediscovered what it was comedically? I think they just got a ton of talented writers on at the same time while it was like peaking. Is it true that everybody who's ever written for The Simpsons went to Harvard? I'm not sure. I think that's like a prerequisite. That's what I heard. It might really? just be a myth. Bob Odenkirk wrote for it, didn't he? I don't think he went to Harvard. Did he write for it? Maybe he did. That would make sense because he wrote for the original Conan. Yeah. Yeah, I believe he did. Conan definitely did go to Harvard. Did James L. Brooks? Or I guess he was a producer, not necessarily a writer. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. I don't think that's true, necessarily, okay. but right. I think maybe like 90%. You remember last week we were talking about how Adam Sandler is not appreciated for what he has to offer the yeah. pop culture world? Uh, Netflix announced this week, and we mentioned also that his is like the most viewed thing. Yeah. As it turns out, Dave Chappelle's new comedy specials are the most viewed thing ever on Netflix. Wow. That was announced today, so that's extraordinary. Awesome. But Worth Adam Sandler as an entity has been on Netflix screens more than anybody else. Netflix gotcha. viewers have watched Adam Sandler movies over half a billion hours worth. Half a billion. That's... Wow. Did, are his old specials on there too? His old movies? Or specials, like just stand-ups. Did Sandler do stand-up specials? Oh, sorry. I thought we were talking about Chappelle still. Sorry, no. Okay. Uh, no, half a billion hours watched watching Adam Sandler movies. Wow. Um, and some of his old movies are probably on there as well. But I tried to watch uh, Sandy, Sandy something. It's the movie he put out last week where he plays like a like a talent agent in Hollywood who's trying to come make a comeback. Oh yeah. So he hires Jennifer Hudson to be his like his comeback person. How was it? Uh, I watched about a half an hour. Yeah. You've never seen cameos like this in a movie. Really? Oh my god. He just has friends and is willing to. Well, I'll put it like this: He has Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien, and Jimmy Kimmel. All in the first five minutes of the film. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. And think about the tension among those yeah, three. Yeah. I don't imagine they were in the same room, but right. I know. Huh. I, I couldn't really watch it, but <laughs> it's for some people. Sure. Uh, Richard Simmons was hospitalized with indigestion this week. He also Whoa. made a statement to the public. He was, at, he was at first seen by TMZ walking across the street wearing basically like a Groucho mask. Like he had like a fake mustache <laughs> and glasses on. Oh, God. And they got him. And he just... <laughs> they got him. And then he tweeted, um, aren't, people, aren't people tired of hearing about me yet, LOL? Oh. So like he's fine. Yeah, yeah. He's good. We found him. It was a little bit of a waste, I think, that whole, that whole project. I think so too, especially I think that now. like added to the, to the mythos and it wasn't necessarily fair. <laughs> and that's all i got oh no i have one other very big one i was gonna say you're gonna say Did i was I gonna say i feel like there's something you're missing although i i don't know exactly what you're going to say i'm kind of surprised this isn't getting more attention yet maybe because it's tabled uh until monday but we are pending another writer strike which would be catastrophic for this renaissance of television wow yes the writer strike i i hear kind of referred to now as like so even some of the writers are like, seriously, like, why did that ever even happen? We it's happened a number of everyone's times. Like, we had it so good anyway. Yeah, but I kind of equate it to the Big Bang Theory cast asking for more money. They are like the writers right. are helping these huge organizations make billions of dollars in advertising. Right. So to right. say they're overpaid is not correct. Yeah, if they're making more money because of the product that they have and they can't without that product. Sure, but. 10 years ago when we had a writer strike it gave way to such things as jersey shore 
and Keeping Up with the Kardashians and all kinds of unscripted television. Oh, I didn't know that. That, of course, contributed to the weakening of our culture. I had no idea the writer's strike spurred on some of the things we hate. They had to up reality TV. Huh. Whatever happened with the Jersey Shore people? What are they all doing now? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Do you I ever watch that Snooki show? had a couple kids and yeah. Mike the Situation wrote a book, which is probably really something. Is it called The Situation Book? I think it's called Here's the Situation. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like, let's, yeah. We're in the Situation Room or something. Right. Uh, great. Yeah, it should be that. Yeah. Anyway, so we find out on Monday what the counter is. I really, really, because that, like, that could really do some damage to a show like Stranger Things. Like a show, like like Lost, for example, biggest show in the world at the time, mm-hmm. really suffered from the writer strike. It was off for almost a year and a half, and that will happen to shows like Stranger Things. That's weird I, that I don't really recall that as much. I only remember it affecting like the late night shows. Well, consider that, like Stephen Colbert and oh, Saturday no, I, Night Live. Well, that's what I was considering. Can you imagine what a, what a shame it would be, considering how fruitful this era is for material for them and how strong their ratings have been to completely lose momentum? Mm-hmm. I don't know that it'll. I don't think it'll happen again. Okay, that's optimistic. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> optimistic about it. I think they're just gonna say, "Hey, this has happened before. We don't want it to happen again. Let's go with this." Well, there is so much money to be made from television except the network execs don't care if it's reality tv right and network execs for the most part have been kind of losing more money you know one reality show i still watch survivor (laughs) yeah and that's what i wanted to talk about shit last week was wild that was the thing that spoiler alert if you haven't seen this season um but i because there are still a lot of people who still really enjoy that show do do they just is, are there people who wait to binge watch it at the very I, end? Or I something? don't know if you have, maybe if you're a couple behind or whatever, it's oh, one okay. of the, one of the last shows you kind of have to stay on week to week. Yeah. And I can recall a time when everybody was watching survivor, like mm-hmm. in the first four seasons, mm-hmm. um, when it would like be talked about on morning radio the morning after. Yeah. Like you had to watch it when it was on. Totally. Um, and that's not so much the case anymore. It doesn't get so much publicity, but I still watch it. It's still the best editing in television yeah i think it's spectacular for that reason so they got this this guy on there now named zeke and zeke is a returning player from last season which is the part of the story that i didn't know yeah i didn't know he was like an all-star that everybody on the season is an all-star right he's one of i think only two players back this season from just last season yeah and he is awesome i loved him last season too he's like really strategic Mm -hmm. uh and this story also involves this other guy, Jeff Varner, who was originally on within the first four seasons of Survivor. Oh, And this is his, I believe, third time coming back. Yeah. Because um, I would have seen him then. You definitely would have originally, seen him. Originally, because that was like when I watched, maybe first five seasons. So Tribal Council comes around, and Jeff Varner is pretty sure he's going to get voted off. And so he decides he's going to uh, throw a Hail Mary he says to the camera leading into tribal council, look, I picked up on something that I'm pretty sure nobody else has. And it really speaks to Zeke's capability with deception. And I need to shine a light on him so that people know what's going on and know that they're being misled. Right. And you don't really know what that is going to be. And then in tribal council, he throws his Hail Mary. Oh, he he does it at tribal council. It was fucking crazy. In front of everyone. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen on television. Wow. It was, I, I mean, I thought, that's overstating it, but it was like, my, I knew it was coming mm-hmm. and my jaw hit the floor. Right. It was unbelievable. He turns to Zeke and he says, 
why haven't you told them you're transgender? Right. And Zeke says... Zeke says nothing. Okay. Uh, and no one says anything? No, man. They all said something. It was beautiful. There's like six other people on the tribe, and there's a moment of silence before everyone except for Zeke just erupts in fury at Jeff Fern. Really? Just like... How could you do that? That's not the game we're playing. That's not your fucking business. Whoa. Uh, Ty is this gay character who's there, and he's, like, very flamboyant. Yeah. And he, he's very measured and chill all the time. Uh-huh. Suddenly, he's cursing and screaming. Whoa. And it takes the length of the tribal council for Jeff Varner to realize what a horrible mistake he's made yeah. to out somebody on national television. By the way, I don't know if this is politically correct to say. Mm-hmm. Very convincing transition. Like, <laughs> right. Like, I... I never knew. Well, I don't think anyone did. Well, and that's what he wanted. He's like, yeah. look, it's not that I'm like ashamed to be who I am, but like once people know you're transgender, it's difficult for them to see past that. And I can understand that. Uh-huh. So he said he moved to Brooklyn and he has friends that don't know because it's much easier for him if he can just be Zeke. Right. Um, and so now everyone in his life knows. And Zeke was such a friggin' champion. He was so right. uh, classy about it, but... It really spoke to what an amazing host Jeff Probst is. He just let Zeke sit quietly. He didn't go right to Zeke for a comment. He went to everybody else and asked for their response. And they went to this this uh, player, Sarah, who's like a Boston cop. She's like kind of rough around the edges. And mm-hmm. she she's kind of tearing up, which you don't normally see from her. And Jeff asks her to to tell everybody what she's feeling. And she says this really beautiful thing about how she comes from a pretty conservative background. And she's in a pretty like... Uh, testosteronic field of of employment and yeah. and that she's just discovering in this moment that she can come to know somebody like Zeke and and grow to really care for him and now not not feel differently about him learning right. this about him really shows her what she's what she's grown up to right uh, so like it was this really like great moment for a lot of people mm-hmm. including Zeke who is such a superstar and then Probst did the most badass thing, and he just said, so I guess we should vote, but we can probably all agree we're not voting for Zeke, right? And everyone says, yeah, of course not. And then he says, so we'll vote for Varner? He didn't even ask them to vote. Right. He just said, let's well, kick off Varner. So here's my devil's advocate. Do you think that anyone behind the scenes would not have voted for Jeff? Like, say he lets it happen. Yeah. Because you kind of, like... Tribal council is the time where people have the kind of... The opportunity to vote discreetly. Exactly. Yeah. And talk to the camera and say, like, hey, listen. like, Well, I know it that helps that, Varner that, that Varner was going to go already. And well, Probst yeah. Probst knows that. I think everyone was probably saying, okay, well, we've at least got another week. So, yeah, let's well, do that. The thing, the thing is... Oh, like, you, think Varner, you think Varner was for sure done for? He was done anyway. Oh, okay. This, like, really sealed his fate. Um, but Jeff Probst, who's normally so neutral... Right was just like so visibly shaken by Has he it. done that before? Not was... very many times. The only times he really shows his disappointment in people is when they openly quit the game. Right. He hates quitters. Yeah. Uh but he he wasn't he wasn't hearing any of any of Varner's right. defense. Yeah. And in fact the thing that Jeff threw at him was you you really thought that that the fact that Zeke kept his uh his gender identity a secret Mm-hmm. is an example of deceit in a world right. where, where we're trying to defend the fact that transgender people are safe to be around your kids and right. safe to go into the bath. You've kind of just like reinforced every heinous stereotype about transgender people. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
like to to flip it even more, Jeff Varner is a member of the gay community, so yeah. like he should have some sensitivity to to the idea of outing somebody. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he knows now that it's the worst decision of his life, and unfortunately, it's going to haunt him forever. Well, he got fired. He I lost guess. his job in real estate. So here's a another devil's advocate thing, and it changes a little bit because I realize that. Zeke has been on in previous seasons. I didn't realize that at first. I kind of thought, well, Survivor was waiting for this bombshell to drop. Like, yeah. that's the reason they had him on the show. But knowing that he's been on for two years, I don't necessarily think that as much. Do you think that the Survivor folks knew and they, possibly hoped because it ended up being the biggest thing in good Survivor for TV. history? It was good for TV. Uh, they did know. Probst yeah. knew. Right. He said... Uh, Zeke had a discussion with him at the end of last season when he asked Zeke to come back. Right. Because um, Zeke got voted out last season, and I guess within like 24 <laughs> he asked Zeke to come back? Within 24 hours, Probst went up to him and said, how do you feel about playing again in six months? Wow. Because Probst is the executive producer now. Right. He's basically his, his freaking show. Yeah. Um, and he loves it, too. Yeah. Uh, he should keep doing Rock and Roll Jeopardy, though. He hasn't done that in like 15 years. I know, but it was great. It, <laughs> it was, was the best really show. Great. It was the one Jeopardy that I could do very well at he's, as a 10-year-old. He's such a good host. It's crazy. Um, and Zeke told him then, and he said, but listen, it's not, he says, if, uh, if it comes up on the show, it comes up in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not how I really want to be known. I want to be Zeke the Survivor player. And so Jeff respected that. But the sure. crew knew. Right. Okay. And there are some people online reddit or twitter or whatever defending that really those who outed zeke were the producers because they the could have sh- because they ran the episode to keep it not in. not varner who was there six months ago and, mm-hmm. and let it happen and that's not true first of all as somebody who edits ed- edit oh i can't talk tonight who edits linear tape mm-hmm you can't just cut something like that out and then suddenly have Jeff be like, oh, let's send home Varner. <laughs> like it wouldn't. Do lift, we all agree? It wouldn't uh, lift out of the show. Right. And also they all signed. <laughs> Sarah's crying. They signed reality TV agreements. When I go on here, what happens happens. Sure. And CBS has the right to broadcast yep. it. Yep. And it was wild. It's probably honestly done a lot of good for Zeke. Fine. Like finance wise. <laughs> Maybe. He's probably going to have a people interview. and He wrote this awesome know. essay for The Hollywood Reporter. There you go. He went on a bunch of talk shows the next day. Oh, okay. And so. he's still in the game. Like, right. His episode, his next episode is airing tonight, so I can't wait to watch it. Interesting. Cool. But now there are half the contestants out there have no idea the craziest shit ever happened because they weren't at Tribal. Right. So they're just going to find out like at the end. It'll be interesting to see how this unifies the remaining members of his tribe because they all really stood behind Zeke. It was badass man i can't i feel kind of out of the loop when stuff like this happens and it almost makes me want to watch survivor again you watched survivor when i lived with you yeah did we watch the finals though i don't know the finals are on on sundays usually so you might have missed it. right i think i did yeah i just caught the like wednesday night episodes it's still good tv i bet it is yeah 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 there's just a lot of good tv and that's what we talk about here on the show show that is true. Do you want to get into some of it? Sure. Given that we're 40 minutes in. Yeah. Our intros are getting longer and longer. I know. It'd be funny if I played the theme song now. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. <laughs> All right. Now that we're back from the, from the theme song, <laughs> uh, we should talk about one of these shows. The one that you picked... 
I don't know. You, we can't really recap it. It's hard to recap. It's you can only really talk about the premise. Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay, so it's so dumb. Yeah, I know. It's so dumb. Which you want to know? What's funny is that show, which originally started in the early nineties. Yeah, eighty nine, I think. Eighty nine. Okay, I think so. Has two Emmys and a Peabody Award. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Just because it was so different at the time. Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yeah. So this show is essentially. I didn't even really know what it was. Um, I've heard Jonah Ray talk about it a little bit on the Nerdist podcast, like in his development of it. Because Jonah Ray is now the main character. And there were honestly parts of the show, I don't know how deep into it you watched. I watched like about 50 minutes. Yeah, it was, okay. it was 90 minutes long. Yeah, I, I probably watched a little more than that. I might have watched like an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah. And it was, um, so the whole premise of the show is essentially that it's in the future Jonah Ray is a uh, employee for this space travel company mm -hmm. and ends up getting abducted by these aliens or yeah, this kind of alien race uh, from moon 13, right? The moon that, <laughs> that tries to uh, torture him by forcing him to watch bad movies with two robot friends. And the whole show is watching these horrible movies yeah. from, from planet earth and like the these b movies these like b space movies yeah. like this first movie was reptilicus yeah so they legitimately just watch the movies and riff off of what's happening on the screen like joke about it and insert lines it's just a very absurd vehicle to do new color commentary on old sloppy movies yeah so what's the first thing i thought was if we're going to reboot this show and do it now mm -hmm. why are we not taking advantage of the opportunity for them to color commentary newer a bunch things. of newer movies. Well, apparently they did. They did a Stranger Things one. Okay. I don't know if there was a whole episode around it. I think it might have just been like a clip to to preview the whole show. Right. Um. Yeah. So they did one of Stranger Things, which I think would have been kind of interesting. But I think for the most part, yeah, they just find more old B movies. Well, Not there's, there's an endless wealth of them. Yeah. Wouldn't it be awesome, yeah, if they took, like, newer, like, snakes on a plane or something? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Perfect example. Yeah. Um, I thought it was... There was actually parts where I was laughing out loud. Yeah. And there was some f kind of funny breaks where it was like, okay, it's intermission, where they would, like, walk out and go do, like, a different sketch. Yes. Kind of in between. Yes, and I was relieved by those because so they I. were more entertaining to me. I thought so too. So I guess the show was originally conceived all the way back in 1973, which means it was percolating for a long time. Yeah. When this guy, Joel, Joel Hodgson, buys a copy of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Okay. Within which are the, the, the liner notes uh, for a song called I've Seen That Movie Too. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there's this little illustration mm -hmm. of silhouettes watching a big movie screen. Right. And that image kind of evolved into this whole Triggered it mystery science theater 3000 thing. Yeah. And there was another, there was a B movie that he watched that was also served as the inspiration. It was like a man and two robots stranded on a planet or something. Yeah. And that served for inspiration to him, I guess. Have you ever listened to uh, Pete Holmes's You Made It Movies? No. It's like a it's like a companion podcast he hasn't done in ages, but he okay. did like a few of them a while back. Right, where like he picks a movie and he and a friend record. They they watch it with like headphones in. Yep, and they record a commentary 
for you to listen to while you also watch the movie. Oh, interesting. So it's the same idea, but you watch the movie on your own. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like How Did This Get Made, but you watch that, listen to that after. I guess so. I've never listened to How Did This Get Made. Yeah. You'd like it. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, so yeah, that's basically the gist of that show. You know what's kind of cool about this this new project, though, is it's the the largest film and video kickstarted project ever. Oh, so wow. it was it was pitched on Kickstarter. Uh-huh. Uh, they wanted two million dollars to make three episodes. They got five point seven six million. Cool. Uh, so their goal was two million. They actually wanted to get five point five to make twelve episodes, and they even busted that. So right. So they're in the clear. Cool. And Netflix bought it. And it's got like Patton Oswalt and Felicia Day and yeah. Was there anybody else I recognized? I guess not. Yeah, but well, I think there's. I think the other two things are original characters the gumball machine guy oh they're the, returning from like yeah, the 90s because the last time it was uh the the creator joel hodgson Hodge, yeah hodgman joel hodgson hodgson and he yeah. uh he was a janitor who got abducted by aliens and okay was forced to do the same thing it's very odd but it, like it has a cult following strange show yeah and again like there were a for how many jokes they made, I probably laughed like 5% of the time. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. You also kind of get to watch it. I was like, this is kind of funny. It's like movie night with comedians. Right. I think that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Although it felt a little contrived. Like, it was it a little it contrived. It didn't feel super improvised. Yeah. You knew that they clearly recorded the comments in a sound booth. And, yeah. You know, it was timed perfectly. So. I guess the show initially gained some success like way back in the original run. Uh, in kind of an underground context, like kids would tape it on the VCR and they would like hand tapes around oh. in like literally like a black market kind of way, like the way Nirvana got successful. Right. But for kids and watching right. shitty movies. Apparently Frank Zappa was one of the first original fans of the, the show. Yeah. And it was also originally conceived that maybe Jerry Seinfeld could host it. Oh, but wow. But then Seinfeld got popular. Yeah. And uh, Al Gore, also a fan of the show. Oh, really? And Patton Oswalt. Have you seen the trailer for Inconvenient Sequel? No. First of all, it looks, it... it looks amazing, but that's the worst title I ever heard. So it's it's more about climate change? Oh, it's it's a, it's a new climate change documentary. And like there's, there's a bunch of Trump stuff in it. Mm-hmm. And it's like he seems even more angry. I was thinking about that the other day as my friend was driving his electric car, his new electric car that he bought. And I was like... Is it a Tesla? No, he was going to buy a Tesla. Because I knew he had a friend who wanted a Tesla. He had any put down like a deposit to get a tesla but Mm -hmm. then he had a baby and his whole kind of priorities so he's like a big tree hugger this guy oh yeah yeah he's a wind turbine technician cool and he yeah and so is his dad nice (laughs) and uh so he feels very strongly about this that's awesome very strongly about climate change and renewable energy so yes he's got he he ended up buying a nissan leaf okay which which is pretty cool so you were thinking about al gore I was thinking about how it was such a huge thing. I was thinking about how it was such a huge thing in 2007. It was. When An Inconvenient Truth came out and was like, oh, great. This is what, you know, this will propel us forward. And now we, it seems like we've taken so many steps back. Although renewable energy has gone down in pricing and there's a lot more wind farming and stuff that's happening. Yeah, but the president of the United States is a climate change denier. (laughs) Yeah. So there's all kinds of other issues. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, it looks like quite haunting and quite spectacular, but the the name undermines it because it's very hokey. An inconvenient sequel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else could they have called it? A catastrophic truth? An inconvenient two. 
<laughs> that's better. Yeah. You're right. An that was a missed opportunity. And it's not corny at all. That's the best part about it. A truthy inconvenience. That's it too. Mm. See, how do he how do he come up with these? He probably would be president still. And we would You're have to right. worry about it. You're right. Wait a second. He did win that. I election. was the next president of the United States. That's how he introduces himself. Does he? Yeah. That's amazing. That's not bitter at all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Hi, my name is Al Gore, and I was the next president of the United States, which I think South Park kind of riffed on a little bit when Hillary Clinton was supposed to win the presidential race. Yeah. And Bill Clinton ends up like knocking on people's doors and canvassing. He's like, hello, I was almost the first man of the United States. <laughs> and they're like, honey, the almost first man is here. <laughs> this is the thing that I've started to notice on Twitter, the way uh, namely left-leaning news organizations that I follow mm-hmm. will craft a headline on Twitter. They'll say, the majority of American voters do not support Trump's blah, 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 blah policy. Right. The majority of American voters do not support giving Ivanka a job within the White House. And my first reaction is always, the majority of American voters don't support Trump at all. Right. They, they didn't vote for him. Yeah. So, of course they don't. Right. And that's just yeah. going down. That's obvious. Any headline like that should kind of be disregarded. Yeah. Because it's obvious. Yeah. Um, so do we want to get into the next movie? Yeah, I guess so, man. You know what it also kind of reminded me of a bit was Dinner and a Movie. Do you remember Dinner and a Movie on, like, TBS? No. How it used to just be... It wasn't really... There was no interference with the movie, really. But, right. like, in between commercials, you would learn from these two hosts, like, mm-hmm. how to make this dinner. Mm-hmm. And the two hosts were kind of, like, engaging. And there was, like, one girl and one guy. And they cooked up, like, chicken parm or something. And it would be themed with the show. Okay. And they were kind of funny. All right. That's what it kind of reminds me. That sounds me. okay. Yeah. The name Mystery Science Theater reminds me of Science Fiction Theater, mm-hmm. which I don't think is a show from the 50s. I think... Or maybe it is. I could be totally wrong. It probably is, in hindsight. Um, In Back to the Future, (laughs) uh, one of George McFly's excuses for not being available to take Lorraine to the dance, per Marty's insistence, is that he'd miss his favorite television program, Science Fiction Theater. Science Fiction. And so I think of Mystery Science Theater. Speaking of Back to the Future, I was in Chapters yesterday, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how I missed this, but there is a Back to the Future graphic novel series is going to change everything for old Colin Sweets. Whoa. Yeah. There's like yeah. three issues out already. I'm going Did to Florida next week. Them? I'm going to cool. when I go to Florida. And I just opened it and leafed through. And it seems like one of them follows a timeline where they go back to like Prohibition era Hill Valley and meet 17-year-old Doc, which sketches me out a little bit because that's what my sequel was about. Whoa. So I want to see how similar it is. Could you imagine if it was the exact same? It would be troubling. Whoa. It would be very troubling. That's cool. I, let me know what you think about that. I will definitely. You go to Florida next week? I go a week no, from Saturday. Weeks. Right. Okay. Yeah, cool. so we will have a podcast next week, and then we'll miss one. Right on. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm just so excited. It's amazing how the need for a vacation lines up perfectly with two weeks before your vacation. Right. <laughs> yeah, you feel it the most. Yeah. Um. So the next show we're going to do, do you want to take this one no i don't want to take it you don't do you want to take it well i kind of took the last one i guess you didn't i didn't put you on the clock though i didn't think the show was this bad no i didn't either okay um but i i do have i am conflicted about it as are a lot of people apparently right uh, okay don't put me on the clock because you didn't have to go on the clock no 
So the big show everybody's talking about, which is the new one on Netflix, is 13 Reasons Why, based on a young adult novel mm-hmm. um, about a girl in high school, a 17-year-old girl named Hannah Baker, who kills herself. Mm-hmm. Um, namely, we're, we're following this boy, Clay, who's like a shy kid. Like, he doesn't seem to be totally socially inept, but he's not your A-list bro. Right. He's kind of an awkward, uh, still discovering himself teenager. He gets this box in the mail... It's full of tapes, cassette decks. Right. Um, all of them have uh, recordings, not on like a podcast, from Hannah Baker pre-suicide mm-hmm. discussing how she had killed herself and you're one of the reasons why. And so the idea is that she's blamed 13 people for her death. Um, and Clay is presumably one of those people and he doesn't understand why because he's just kind of this like quiet guy right. who was friends with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess the show is about why and how he is complicit along with all these other people. Mm-hmm. And in the, in the pilot, they meet, uh, he goes to a party at her house. She meets this boy, Justin, they kind of hit it off. They hook up a little bit. And then this, uh, scathing photo circulates through mm-hmm. the text, uh, underground of their high school, which kind of implies that she had sex with Justin. And so a rumor goes around that she's a slut. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically she gets slut shamed by her, by her peers. Right. Um, and that is presumably the first element on the list of things that causes her to take her own life. It's a very depressing concept. Yes. But it's like, it's like considered an addictive program mm-hmm. that people have really sunk their teeth into. Yeah. I don't know if it's because everybody is in some way connected to, the the perils of mental health well and also it's kind of a mystery it's yeah it's eerie you know because because you want to know how is clay involved right. is he i i think we'll all come to learn he's probably not one of the reasons or there's i don't know i think i think maybe it's about how you can be passively complicit in, oh, in these situations like if you if you you didn't do something but you didn't say something either like right. i i don't know exactly how it ends yeah. except i will say and this is not a spoiler because i've only seen one and a half episodes okay um i had a theory mm-hmm. that i was pretty sure on mm-hmm. after the first viewing and in fact the first few minutes of the second episode and i wanted to look it up and i was wrong but uh, it would have been cool because i heard that there's a twist of some kind okay i don't really know yeah i bet um i thought maybe Hannah didn't exist and that she was just a figment of Clay's imagination through which he was exploring the possibilities of, in fact, killing himself. Oh. Because his parents are very uh, focused in on his mental health. Yeah. And you find out in the first few minutes of the second episode that he is on a pill prescription that he stopped taking. Oh, And wow. so I was like, oh, Hannah doesn't, isn't real at all. This yeah. is a story about Clay. Um, which I wish was true, right? Because then it's less morbid, right? If he doesn't die, mm-hmm. and 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 no one else did either. But no, it's really about this girl who slits her wrists in a bathtub. I also kind of oh, I also kind of wish I didn't know that. By the way, I also kind of wish. Sorry, that, were you going to finish this show? I don't know. I might. Oh, okay. But that it didn't ruin anything. That's not right. why. Like, apparently, that's not how she dies in the book. Okay. So that's one of the liberties they took. I um, I thought that there was a chance that maybe um, Clayton, why, do, why am I calling him Clayton? That, That's probably his given name. Yeah, maybe. Uh, that 
uh, <laughs> what? Okay, here's here's another take. Sorry, okay. I haven't gotten through the sentence yet. That's okay. One of the things I thought was, what if she is alive? I also thought of that. You know, has she just has she just disappeared? Right. Um, except it's very hard to fake your suicide. Like they'd be discussing about how it's hard to fake a suicide without any body. Like that's the premise of Pretty Little Liars before they completely went to shit. Like not a very uh, good show, but the premise was pretty good. This right. girl disappears and then a year goes by and everybody in town's pretty much convinced mm-hmm. she's definitely dead. Wherever she is, she's definitely dead. Right. Um, and then suddenly these, her best friends get these text messages, which appear to be from her, except they're very mean and they're threatening to reveal all of their secrets. Right. Um, but at least in that there's a context of, Oh, she disappeared. Right. And we assume she's dead. Right. If that were the case for Hannah, who did they find? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's true. And then the other thing that you, is the guardian of the tapes or the person who's supposed to be watching all the people with the tapes. Is that supposed to be Tony? Do you want me to tell you? Yeah. It is Tony. It is Tony. It is, is it- Tony. And I guess he has like an interesting arc throughout the series where towards the end, he starts to feel like, no, this is wrong. And, um, he develops a relationship with Kate Walsh, who's Hannah's mother. And right. Yeah. Huh. But he was like very sketchy throughout that first episode. Yeah. Also, I was kind of like, why do you need to steal your friend's Walkman? Why don't you just ask to borrow it? Yeah. I don't know. There was, there was a few things in it where you were like, why? Also, I kind of wish they didn't show the picture. I wish it, it would have just like left something to the imagination there on what, what was actually seen because it just seems what like. picture? The, the like slide picture that ended up circulating. Oh yeah, me too. And because it wasn't really a... No, like, we, we could have assumed. Yeah, you could have assumed and you would have thought probably worse. Because to me, I, I don't think an entire school goes rampant over a, an upskirt photo of yeah. a girl sliding down a slide. Right. Right, that's sort of true. Except for that, there had been this pre-established context where her narration says, no, we only kissed. It was just a rumor. So right. I was starting to wonder, well, what is this photo Right. if they only kissed? Yeah. Yeah. But I hear you. I think that's a good point. Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard to say where the... And there's 13 people that are complicit in it. Also, I think that that guy taking photos everywhere is going to be a key part of the story because it seemed to focus in on him a few yeah, times. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know if he's going to be like the main. I, I don't know if she possibly made him a guardian and said you need to document people. Yeah, maybe. I think probably some teachers are going to be brought into the mix. Interesting. It's like a big thing. So so the, the controversy and the main criticism of this series mm-hmm. is that it's very triggering for anybody who's ever experienced any, any kind of mental health trauma right. or has been... God forbid, in a situation where where suicide was considered. Right. A lot of these people are very upset by it, mm-hmm. and they're reminded of of traumatic uh, experiences that they've had. Sure. Um, the other way to look at it is that it kind of glamorizes uh, teen suicide. Kind of romanticizes it. it a bit, kind like it? Ra- and and I mean, I didn't necessarily take that away from the first episode. Like there are there are scenes where you can hear like little girls a little girls high school girls like chattering around her locker Mm. she was so pretty and like that is a that is okay dialogue as long as it's handled carefully because i i I think the fear is that i think the risk is that you're you're kind of sending home this message that uh 
an untimely death will deify you, right? Right. Replace your shoulders with wings and suddenly you're this perfect person. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Interesting phrasing. I'm really quite something. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not speaking very um, articulately. I haven't been all day actually, but uh, I think, I think that's, I think that's the biggest concern except from my first viewing of the episode. I actually kind of hated her. I like, yeah, I found her very like manipulative. I also, I've said recently on this show, I don't like this cliche of the 17 year old girl in high school who just seems to have all the answers. Right. Like she's got everyone pegged. Yeah. And I find that obnoxious. Mm Mm-hmm. And she was like that before the character died, too. Like, when she's talking to Clay, and she's like, I don't think you're socially awkward. You just need to be more confident. And she's just... Right. So, I don't know. Yeah, and she seemed like... I don't know. Is it supposed to be that she was a completely happy person before? And she didn't like seem like it. Ruined her? She didn't seem like it, did she? I don't know. I mean, it's, she it's liked really, that Justin guy. She liked that Justin guy. Who's the worst, by the way? Yeah, he was the worst. Why would anyone ever like that guy? I don't know. His tattoos were really bad. <laughs> That's exactly what Jen said. She's yeah. like, what is going on with this guy? He has tattoos? a lot of tattoos for a 17-year-old. Yeah. I know. A weird chest tattoo. There's an interesting directorial um, choice to make all of the scenes in which Hannah is alive very vibrant and colorful, and after she's dead, it's kind of uh, washed out in gray. Didn't notice And I kind of disagree with that, too. I was like, Hannah does not, to me, embody joy and and and... Um, uh, fertility and like right. and beauty. Like mm-hmm. I think that her alive is like a sad person. Right. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's it's so interesting too because I don't know if at the end you're going to come away and think like did Clay actually do something wrong by doing nothing? Like he didn't. Did he know she was going to? Are we going to come out of this? And Well, here's here's one thing we can take away from the first episode. Mm-hmm. He's very confused, and he obviously in his heart doesn't understand why he's been made a part of this. Right. And that's why he's, like, glued to the tapes and yeah. has to figure it out. Totally. But when he says to his dad, no, we didn't even really know each other, that mm-hmm. was a lie. Right. Like, they worked together, and they went to parties together, and they had, like, tete-a-tetes. Like, they were right. clearly friends. Yep. They cared about each other. So... He is on some level pardoning a certain part of her from his brain. Mm-hmm. He is deciding actively to not acknowledge her involvement in his life. Maybe even if just on a subconscious level to feel less bad about what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of want to watch the rest of it just to see what happened. And I know that's. No, know, I think that's fine. Like, are you watching like. Is it the worst thing you could be watching? I don't think so. Again, yeah. I don't think it's bad. It I don't kind think of it's ropes, poorly done. I just it kind think of, it I, ropes you into watching it through teen suicide, though. <laughs> like, well, and it's interesting that like a lot of decent uh, YA, and I think there's a lot of decent YA, deals with death. I think mm-hmm. because YA being shorthand for young adult fiction. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Um, I th- I think because it it's a time in your life, high school, when you're feeling especially existentially fragile, mm-hmm. and so treating your your um, transition from youth into adulthood mm-hmm. as this form of death is very relatable to young readers. Plus we're all very sensitive when we're 17. Yeah. And so the idea of somebody dying tragically mm-hmm. is sexy. And I think that's the risk of this show. Right. But yeah. I think it's well-made and I think the writing is pretty good and I'm curious. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was something else that was inherently risky with running the show. I forget what that 
specific thing. The actress was. who plays Barb from Stranger Things, yeah. Shannon Pulser. She's actually also Ethel on uh, Riverdale. So she's got like a couple of Netflix jobs. So she was in that? Uh, she wasn't in it, but uh, she tweeted a caution. She's uh, she's basically like, look, I love my Netflix peeps, but right. if you have... Hey! <laughs> Those chairs are going to the garbage anyway. <laughs> um, if... If you have a pre-existing uh, affiliation with mental health issues, you should stay away from the show. It's not right. safe. I remember what I was going to bring up was, did Louis C.K. get roasted as badly for what he included in his special about, you can just kill yourself? No, I don't think so. Because you'd think that would bring up way worse thoughts. And I actually like know of at least one person who was like, I'm, was not, bothered by I'm it? not cool with really? the fact that he said that. That's really offside. Yeah. I didn't even think about it. Which now, shows my privilege. Well, yeah, well, it shows your mental health, apparently. Like, I guess. Like, you know, when someone's saying, you know, you can just kill yourself. Just kill yourself. All your problems will go away. Yeah. Like, that's kind of an encouraging tone to take with yeah. someone who is potentially. But yeah. he's seeing it through a lens of, no, if, if this is what makes someone kill themselves, then, you know, it was way beyond me. Totally, but it's these little things that contribute to it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how often have you heard of somebody who killed themselves and you like had no idea, or yeah. the people who knew them had no idea? Right. It's pretty haunting. Yeah, I've heard about it. Thankfully, I've never. Yeah, I've, no, I've not been too close anything. to it myself. But but when you hear about these situations, always the the people who were like peripheral to those yeah to those victims mm-hmm. uh, were shocked. Right. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a dangerous line to walk in writing any movie or anything about this. But if you don't take those kind of risks, those artistic risks and maybe messages that you want to send out to the world, yeah, then who's going to do it? I don't know. All I can say is that Riverdale is just so much more fun. <laughs> if you if you want something that's like trashy and about teenagers and one of them died, yeah. It's just like it's it's way more entertaining. Because Jen and I watched it, and we were like, "Wow, ah, that's pretty uh pretty intriguing." Like, I want to thirteen reasons why. Yeah, yeah. I still want to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, fair enough. You know? It's like a big thing. Yeah, maybe we'll finish it. Yeah, give it a go. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine Nine's back on. Happy about that. I heard that, and I saw um, Rashida Jones is making the rounds for Angie Tribeca. Oh, really? So that's coming back, I guess. Cool. Yeah, I I started watching the first season. I never finished it. No, because it just seemed like the that whole like narrative you could probably watch any episode and it wasn't necessarily i'm sure that's true there's no real through line i didn't realize that it was a steve carell production yeah that's kind of cool yep Uh i feel like we're forgetting stuff i know so do i i feel like i had stuff that i wanted to bring up but we we blew through a lot of like entertainment news there at the top i think the zeke thing was the biggest thing that i wanted to remember well that was the big television moment of the week honestly Uh, you wouldn't have expected that from survivor in their 31st season or whatever it is but 31 seasons yeah so they do two seasons a year yeah gotcha um yeah i don't know i think i think we covered it all me too and if not maybe we can record an addendum (laughs) we can (laughs) can update it yeah we're not gonna do that no Definitely not. No. Do we have any idea what we want to do next week? It's kind of tough um, to decide. Oh, when does American Gods come out? Because that's going to be a oh, big thing. Oh, that'd be amazing. Let's look it up. Let's do it. I think it comes pretty soon. Also, that show, The Handmaid's Tale, or the show. Oh the yeah, Margaret Atwood. Show? Yeah, with uh, Elizabeth Moss. That could be something. American Gods. I heard like the early critics who have seen it already love it. The previews look. Oh no. Crazy. We'll have to do American Gods when I get back from Florida because it doesn't come out until a week from Sunday. I'll be okay. gone. 
Oh, also, first episode of Leftovers did not disappoint at all. I've heard the season's spectacular. Yeah, you, you mentioned that. And from the first episode, it seems like that. It's just as, like, it's so um, losty yeah. in its storyline. It's so exciting that you've got, like, 8 to 12 episodes of this show within which it's going to wrap everything up. Yeah, and I'm, like, the only person I know that watches it. And they're going to be in Australia this season. Oh, really? Not yet? No. That's what I heard. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. No, not as of yet. They're still in Miracle, Texas. Miracle, Texas? Yeah. That's a good name. Oh, they call it Miracle, Texas. I think they, they call it. It was renamed. It was renamed. It was called Jardin, but it was kind of like renamed Miracle because no one went missing there. Oh, that's funny. And it this one takes place like three years in the future. Oh, that's good. Yeah. They did that with girls on the series finale. Oh, wow. They, I, I knew they were going to do a flash forward. Right. Uh, they flash forward five months to when she has a baby. Oh. And she's. Uh, with Adam Driver? No. Oh. They stopped being together like two seasons ago. Oh, interesting. She just hooked up with Riz Ahmed when she was taking like uh, surfing lessons upstate. Okay. And she got pregnant. And so Marnie lives with her because she wants to like help. Right. But they're horrible to each other. (laughs) And then there's this moment where Hannah goes out for a walk and she like kind of counsels this teenager who's in a fight with her mom and it's supposed to be like hannah finally figured out how to have a motherly instinct right and then the series ends so i guess the whole point of the episode and the season actually is look she's not a girl anymore she's a woman yeah but i don't know it fell flat for me right there was no through line to that series no i don't think it was very there's no i don't think the characters were were very well developed marnie was pretty good but so did adam driver end up was he consistently on the show or has he been like off for two seasons? No, he's he's been on it occasionally, but the only person who's consistently on the show is is Lena Dunham. Really? Like like uh, Zasha Mamet, who plays Shoshana, yeah. she was in it less than like one of the guys this season. Wow! And uh, she and the other one, the British one, mm-hmm. what's that character's name? Jessa. Right. They, they were not in the finale. Huh? And they're two of the four girls. Yeah. So. so so you think that there's four girls? It's like Sex in the City styles? Well, that's definitely what it was. Yeah. I mean, they, they were other girls and there were guys. But they didn't even introduce Jessa until like the second or third season, didn't they? No, Jessa was in the first episode. Oh. I, could, I can still picture her sitting on the toilet. The British girl. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Anyway, I kind of <laughs> knew it wouldn't be that spectacular. Yeah. I can't believe you watched it all. It's just one of those things you're you're stuck with. You feel this, like you got for the same reason. Out. I'm watching Pretty Little Liars. Like uh, <laughs> season seven B started last night, so they're in the last ten episodes of the series. Uh-huh. And like I said before, for all uh, of its schlocky flaws, the original premise was it's just a disaster now. And yeah. even the people who who watch it and enjoy it know it's just a total nightmare. And uh, one of the guys on the show. He plays like the English teacher who the main girl was sleeping with through most of it. Uh, and he had a spectacular twist where he was the bad guy and then they forgave him because they got renewed. Oh, okay. And so yeah. it turned out there was another bad guy. <laughs> right. Uh, he wrote this interesting tweet the other day where he kind of com- he kind of blames Pretty Little Liars. It's funny because he's like the guy who wishes he was artsy enough to not be on Pretty Little Liars. Right. Um, he kind of blames Pretty Little Liars for the rise of Trump, which is like pretty lofty. But he basically says this this way to develop a plot where you just like decide what's true based on what fits now is kind of how certain people follow their politics. 
so like this the show just decided to backtrack on his character being like truly criminally dangerously evil right because the character was popular before he was revealed as evil and now they can be on the air for two more seasons right so this deciding that previous faults don't matter anymore because we want to move forward is kind of what what trump followers are doing and it's an interesting point but it's also reaching i think so for sure yeah yeah that's it's a little outlandish plus i don't trust him he's on pretty little liars let's so. let's dole out our s's you want to okay. give an s to mystery science theater um i don't know i feel like there might be episodes that it's really good yeah probably but i'm definitely not going to yeah <laughs> no yeah maybe i won't but i i would be down to potentially see another episode and see how it goes jen was not feeling it at all yeah she okay. was she was angry being in the room while I was watching. <laughs> and uh and 13 reasons why i'll give that an s for sure i will give it an s but with the big the <laughs> with big an asterisk. asterisk the big caveat of only if you feel really cool and if yeah. you feel uncomfortable turn it off don't watch it because it's don't watch it because we told you to right <laughs> so well like two and a half s's out of four this week is that fair yeah okay i wouldn't even say that i'm a half for mystery science theater i'd probably say i'm a zero <laughs> but willing to explore <laughs> i'd probably say that i'm nothing <laughs> but willing to explore okay everybody be safe love you bye never trap well. math Ah, you said it.